0: I'd like to read a passage from the book where I come upon my dad's things on the day he died. I got up and opened the closet. There were a hundred shirts, all pressed and still in their dry-cleaning bags. There were 24 pair of shoes. There were a dozen cashmere scarves, 30 belts hanging on hooks. There was a shelf of hats, flat woolen caps. Many personal stories had been percolating for a long time and I wanted to see what it was like to write as it were without footnotes, to write in the first person, and to write a narrative about my own experience as a child reading, and about the experience of raising our son as the child of readers, and to see what the relationship was between, if you like, the scholarly life and the personal life, to see if one could inform the other. The book is called Prospero's Son, and of course, Prospero didn't have a son. And so part of the challenge is how my own experience of Shakespeare as a teacher and as a scholar informs the way in which I understand my father, and in fact all fathers, as magicians. I'm interested in the way in which Prospero is a figure for fatherhood. The narrative is that I'm teaching the Tempest when I hear about his death. And so Shakespeare's lines keep coming back to me as I go through his effects, as I get his body, as I think about the past that I had with him. The figure of Prospero, as a magician, as a performer, as a theatrical character, is in many ways the way in which I see my father. But of course, as I myself became a father, I asked myself, am I in effect a kind of failed Prospero? And my son, who for a long time was fascinated by chemistry, who was himself a great performer of pyrotechnic magic, he himself aspires to his own magical performance. I think that everybody recognizes that their parents are people who are very, very different than they imagine. Same with their children. We all have secrets, and Learning about the secrets of our parents is a growth experience, and in my case, learning about my dad's sexual orientation, learning about his private experiences, learning about the world he lived in. This was something after his death that I really had to discover. And one of the themes of the book really is how I as a reader and a scholar use the skills that I have in reading to read my father's past. My father's experiences, I think, like many people of his social class and generation, were experiences about trying to assimilate. And the challenge of trying to assimilate is how can you keep yourself? This is the same experience, I think, that many people of different groups have. And whether it's about Jewish or non-Jewish or gay and straight, we constantly lived in a world of passing. And one of the reasons why the theater is so important in this book is because the theater is about passing, it's about performing. So when I look at the world of my father's generation, I ask myself what challenges and what pressures were put on the men and women of the 40s and 50s to conform. I pulled everything out. Turning back to the desk, I sliced through the papers, threatening letters from a spurned lover, a restraining order against someone else, rough magic, robes, utensils, things of darkness. Are you not my father?" This is a story that comes very close to tragedy in many cases, and that is redeemed comically. And the end of The Tempest is in many ways like the end of my book, where we renounce the theater, we renounce performance, we renounce magic in favor of domestic harmony. In the end, there really is a self behind the mask or behind the costumes. The renunciation of magic is a positive thing. It's a recognition that the real challenge is not in performing on the stage, the real challenge is living day to day in an ordinary life. One of the ways in which my dad used to talk about it is that He used to say to me, it's okay to be magnificent. What my book says in answer to that is, it's magnificent to be okay.